Well, good evening. Merry Christmas. It's good to have all of you here. Thanks for coming out uh, this evening and uh, spending uh, just a little bit of time on uh, Christmas Eve here as we prepare for tomorrow. I'm sure um, many of you have a few things to do still. Uh, I know that we do, but it is good to, I think, to gather here and just be together just for a few moments and to just really focus in on why we celebrate uh, this time of year. Amen. And so, you know, it's good to, to see you. It's good to be here. It's good to hear our voices join together as we sing Christmas carols. And I love Christmas carols every time of year. I love to sing them. And, you know, I think, uh, as we say often here, you know, we, if we don't stop and pause and think about the depth of some of the things we're saying, we'll, we'll miss it. Because the melodies are great. They're familiar songs. But, you know, what we proclaim tonight, what we sing tonight, um, has great significance. And as we saw here in that, that video here just before I came up, that God, you know, he sent his son to earth uh, in the flesh to be among us and to dwell among us. And, you know, we're here tonight and in the past few weeks here uh, in our services on Sundays, uh, we've been in a, a series called Among Us, and it was just exploring in the scriptures where it talks about Jesus coming and in the flesh, that God was with us, as we say, Emmanuel, God with us, and uh, the significance of that. And so uh, tonight is going to wrap that up, but if you haven't been here or haven't heard anything else, don't worry about it, because it's going to be great as well for you. Amen. Thank you, sir. It's my son. Um, we've been practicing that all day, so... But tonight, I just want to share just a few thoughts with you as, as again, on the eve of Christmas here. And um, as we talked about, you know, Jesus, and you may, you may have heard this before, him referred to as the way. And, you know, I, I think it's uh, very, very important that we understand, you know, that Jesus is the way. Because the way is, is important, right? Um, as some of you know, my, my sons and I have taken a, a few camping trips uh, that have been lovingly referred to now as survival campouts. Um, you know, because we really kind of pushed the envelope a little bit and had some interesting moments in the Boundary Waters uh, way up north. And so um, one of those, uh, one of those, well, not one of those, both of those trips, we had somebody with us that was, uh, had the map that was very good. And it was always interesting because he's always like, you know, we need to go this way, we need to go that way. And you're kind of looking, and it doesn't always look like the best option, you know. You're kind of like, I don't know if this is all going to work out. But, you know, as he began to walk us through all these steps and go through these different places, and we started to see the consistency of, of that he did know <laughs> where he was going. He knew how to lead us through and get us to where we needed to go. And so just trusting him as he led us through, you know, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of that in some way. It's, it's, it's a sort of a, a glimpse, maybe, of, of the importance to follow. And so today I want to read, continue reading what we already started earlier as Luke read from the Gospel of Luke. And as we read a little further here, and again, this will be a familiar passage probably to many of us this evening, but I hope you'll listen again to what is being said here in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And it says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and, I, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you great, or news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger." 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And it is important for us to pick out and to see in that, that section of Scripture that, again, the, the, the news, the good news that was brought that night was for all the people. And, you know, we see this scene, and I always love to pause, especially this, and, you know, this isn't something out of a fiction book, and I know for some it may be hard to imagine what that might have been like. But I assure you, when you're dealing with the God of this universe, anything is possible. And on that night, I can only imagine what the shepherds must have seen or what that picture, as it's being written here and trying to paint this picture for us, what that must have looked like. But we see, again, this angel shows up, and they're already afraid, right, because there's an angel standing in front of them. And, I, and imagine then suddenly the whole sky is filled, as it says, and, and all this, these multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, you know, kind of cue the backup singers, if you will, and suddenly it's this multitude of heavenly hosts singing, again, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And I want us just to look tonight and just to spend a few moments together this evening kind of co contemplating what that might be for us, or, or, or just that, that picture of here it is being laid out, the highest, glory to God in the highest, beyond what we could imagine, the furthest thing you could imagine, you know, in the expanse of everything in the universe, and on the other end, on earth, and the distance that's in between. The dichotomy presented here is of the highest of heavens and the lowest of earth. Christmas is a time to remember how great the gift, how great the gift was of the Christ child that was born that first Christmas evening and what was made possible because of it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for each person here in person, for those who are joining us online. God, I thank you that just in these next few moments as we share, Lord, from your word, God, I just pray that you would truly minister to us. God, we thank you for uh, the fact that we are able to celebrate this evening the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, on uh, just this occasion, Father God, we pray that as, as your name even is, Emmanuel, God with us, that you would just be present in a very real and powerful way this evening amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. One writer's description of, of Jesus' birth as I was preparing this message and I came across this, I wanted to share it with you. Um, her name's Janelle Higdon, and she wrote this, kind of, kind of encapsulating it all. She said, so all the people of God could do before this was speculate about his arrival. Surely he would come as a great and noble king or perhaps a mighty warrior. We know, though, that he chose a much more humble path, fully man and fully divine. Jesus came to earth as a baby, and by taking this lowly path, he made a way for all of us, we who are made in his image, to find redemption. If the virgin birth symbolized Jesus' divinity, coming as an infant symbolized his full humanity, allowing him to take our place in the climactic moments of crucifixion and resurrection. It is so significant that, again, God came to us. 
God came to you and to me. Why? Because there was no way that we were able to go and reach where he was. In our sinful state, we were not able to reach where he was. And so, you know, we, again, have been in these past few weeks, and this really this month, have been just kind of in, in the Gospel of John in the first chapter, just spending time and, and, and understanding and, and kind of getting the depth of what it means for God to be among us. When he came to earth, you know, we see these scenes, we see the manger and we see this baby and, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus, you know, he's this, this cute little child, this infant, helpless in really so many ways. Yet to stop and to think that the God of this universe would make an entrance like that. Because as, as this writer brought out, and, and, and for many in that time, there was you know, this anticipation that the Messiah would come. And many thought that he would show up as, again, a ruler, as a king, and make his entrance. And even later in Jesus' life, as you, you look at his life and as he grows, and when he makes his entrance into Jerusalem the first time, they really welcomed him as that, as, as a king, but they didn't realize why he had really come. They missed the fact that he had come to save, save his people. And so again, today we want to pause. And today, as we sit here in this room, I believe that there are two types of people, not just in this room, but really anywhere here on earth. And I want to kind of just speak to those two groups. There are, those, there are two groups of people, those who know the Lord meaning they have relationship with the Lord, and those who do not. For those of us who would proclaim that, that Christ is Lord of our lives, I'd love us to, to look for a moment at the Gospel of John in, in, verse, uh, in chapter 1, in verses 22 to 23. We see a character here that many of us, I think, recognize John the Baptist and he had been, been questioned of who he is. Is he the Messiah and all these things? And they're asking these questions in that time of you know, trying to figure out who this man is. Because he, he did have a lot of respect and a big following. And so they said to him, John the Baptist, they said, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And again, this, this is a significant uh, part of Scripture here. As John makes this proclamation, really, it should resonate for those of us who are believers. Because that is still, you know, our, our call today. This, this phrase to make straight, or in some translations, it's prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. And in this Christmas season, for, again, those of us who are followers of Christ... That is still what we are supposed to be doing, is to prepare the way of the Lord. We're supposed to be proclaiming the good news and sharing with others that they would come to find their salvation through Christ alone. This means, though, that our task is not to save others, because we cannot save people. <laughs> Only God can save. Only God can save. Instead, we are to be heralds telling others of the good news. And in this time of year, as, as again, as we, we make our rounds and we, we visit friends and we visit family and we share these moments, and I understand, again, sometimes that might bring a smile to your face and for others it may not. Because <laughs> I know that, you know, for all of us, not every family is, is perfect. 
Is there any perfect families here? No? Yeah? <laughs> We'd love to, you know, to really to, to, to find that, I think, but I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of like finding a unicorn. Um, families can be challenging, can't they? We can love everybody through it, but it can be challenging when we gather together and when we sit around a table and we share. My hope, though, is that, again, that you would share, again, the good news. People's hearts are open this time of year, and people are searching for truth. They're, they're searching for answers, and we should be quick to give that and prepare the way, as the Scripture says. Moving to the second group of people I would like to speak to this evening is is those who maybe haven't come to know the Lord as, as Savior, those who maybe have questions or maybe just don't buy it, for, for example. In that same Gospel of John, in chapter 1, we see an invitation from Jesus. And in verses 43 through 46, it says that the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. For those of you, whether here or online or Perhaps if you're speaking to somebody over these next few days in this holiday, for those of you who, who don't profess the Lord as, as your Savior, his invitation still stands. His invitation to follow me, to come and to see, is still present and still there. And that's the thing with, with, with following Christ, is, is choose, when, you, when you make that decision to come to Christ... It is, a, it is a step of faith. It's not something that we can always have all just figured out here. We have to step into that, and we have to come and see. Jesus is inviting you. And if you make that decision, here is a promise that Jesus gave in that chapter as well. As we move down a little further, Jesus says this, he said, you will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So if we, we come back to the place where we started our message, this message this evening, and with that picture and that scene and that distance between heaven and earth and the spans between the two, We see the separation, we see the gap, and we see that the way, as he said, as he declared, it's, it's on him, it's through him, it's by him that that gap is bridged. That relationship is once again possible. Jesus has become the way which began again to unfold that night long ago with the birth of a baby boy as he entered the earth, entered our world as a small infant in a manger. And to understand this evening that Jesus is that way. He has made a way for us to once again be in relationship with our creator God, with our heavenly father. John Wesley 
wrote this way about this. He said, the mediation of Christ, he is the ladder, this ladder, the foot on earth in his human nature, the top in heaven in his divine nature. Again, recognizing that. Anybody here ever, did you guys been on an extension ladder before? Yeah? And if you have, and I don't know if you've put up Christmas lights, if you have a second floor, you know, it can be uh, pretty precarious, can't it? Um, I remember uh, back when I was younger, you know, uh, back between high school, I was in my college days, and I worked for a roofing company, and sometimes, you know, you're, you're carrying these shingles up and down these ladders, you know, 70 pounds on your shoulder, and you're, you're getting up to the top, and you, you get off, and you carry them, and it can be very uh, intimidating at times. But, you know, as you know, I stop to think about it, when you start to see or think about what a ladder is, is really, I mean, when used properly, <laughs> and with somebody holding it, um, it's actually a great tool because it allows us to get somewhere we could never get just on our own, right? It allows us to, to reach a point or to reach a place or a destination that we just simply could not. If we had no other means, we just couldn't do it. And so, you know, again, a, a, a simple image or a simple example, but how much that, that carries over to what we're trying to explain tonight because the reality is, is, you know, if I choose to put Christmas lights on my second floor of my house outside, I cannot get there on my own. No matter how high I try to jump, no matter how hard or how genuine I try, <laughs> the, how genuine the motive might be, I can't reach it. And so here it's all being laid out that, that again, Jesus is the, he's the way. He's the means by which we can enter into relationship with our Heavenly Father. As we prepare to, to wrap up this evening, I want you to, to think about this, and I want you just to, you know, to chew on it, if you will, a little bit tonight and, and tomorrow as you're you know, spending time and maybe you're, whether you're opening gifts this evening or opening gifts tomorrow with friends or family. And I hope that you'll pause in that moment and just, just take a moment and just think about the fact that there is a gift that is better than anything you're going to receive any Christmas day. And that gift is, is Jesus Christ. That gift that has been given. And for some of us, we've already unwrapped and opened that gift and experienced the blessing that comes from it. And for some, I know that gift is still sitting under that tree, so to speak, waiting to be opened and to be received. This holiday season, I pray that we will not lose sight of the fact that the greatest gift available to us, again, is Jesus Christ. And there is nothing that compares to the greatness of knowing Jesus. John 3, 16, most of us can probably quote it from memory. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And what's interesting is it comes, what comes next in verse 17, and it reads this way. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. That is not the reason Jesus came. Jesus did not come to condemn us. And it finishes, But in order that the world might be saved through him. Why did Jesus come to earth? For you and for me.
and he made a way for us to experience a life that we could never have obtained on our own. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. And God, I thank you so much for your word. God, as we just sit in this moment, just for a few, few seconds even, and God, just ponder, Lord, that, that gift of, of your son, Jesus Christ, that was sent, that was born that Christmas evening long, long ago. But God, how that still applies for us today, and that gift is still there and still made available. Much like the way Jesus entered the world unassuming in a, in a, in a manger in this really lowliest of, of places with most people not even realizing that what was happening. But yet, God, what was contained in that gift, the eternal life that was offered, God, we are grateful for. And we, we are just so, um, we stand in awe, Lord, of it. God, we are grateful that we serve a God today that understands uh, our struggles, that knows our pains. God, you are not a God who, who just sits far off and, and just kind of rules from a distance, but God, you, you come to earth. You've, you've lived and you've, you've walked this earth and you've suffered in ways even beyond what we could imagine. You know what it is to be betrayed. You know what it is Lord, to, to, be, to be cheated or to, to, to experience pain, even physical pain. And so, God, I pray for each and every person. God, for those of us in this place tonight, Lord God, who call you Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that we would, our hearts would be stirred this evening. And, God, that we would, again, share the good news. We would share with others, Lord, truly the reason why we celebrate, why we are, again, in the place we are today able to look with hope to the future. And God, for anyone here or watching online that may not know you as Lord and Savior, my prayer tonight would be that they would recognize that there is a gift that is yet to be opened under the tree, so to speak. There is a gift waiting for them that has already been paid for, that's already been sent, and they simply need to open it. And they need to accept, Lord, what's inside with all their heart and watch, Lord, what you can do with their life. So Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts this evening and God, that we would truly experience, Lord, uh, the greatest gift of all time, your son, Jesus Christ. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.